Blog Talk Radio. It's June 2nd, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please. And we say this at the beginning of every show, so it must be kind of important. Please, remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM. You may follow us on Twitter and, of course, workingforaliving.com and .org. We hope that all of our listeners had a wonderful Memorial Day holiday, stayed safe, and enjoyed their family time. Unfortunately, this past week, there's been another tragic shooting in our country in Virginia Beach. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families, friends, and the community of Virginia Beach. May we please observe a moment of silence for all affected. Thank you. We bring on Brother Jeff Brown. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I got a little um, carried away on the phone this afternoon. A lot of discussions going on about different things, and uh, I, I thought I'd uh, uh, try and get our, our notes done, and you see that our, our notes are a little abbreviated, but uh, we'll we'll get through this pretty well. Um, you and I, you and I have been doing this for over, or well into our fourth year now, so uh, we we kind of get it. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll have a, a good discussion about pensions tonight. We'll have a good discussion about the uh, Queen Mary PR tour, and maybe even hit on a couple other subjects uh, regarding uh, ethics and uh, leadership. So, um, but uh, having said that, how was your week, Jeff? It was okay, Leroy. Um, I had a couple appointments to go to, but it was all right. Weather kind of hit me hard a couple of days, followed the rain, especially yesterday. Um, right. Those storms came in and knocked some power out here in the Detroit area. Right. Did you have that same flooding there on I-94 that you had before, a couple maybe a month ago? No, I haven't been out of the apartment, but I'm sure there was some flooding. Um, I know there was some hail coming down last night. Yeah. My apartment building lost power for like 90 seconds, and the generator kicked on. And that's about the yeah. first time it's happened since I've been here in four years. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, it's nice that they take good care of you there. Um, uh, that's cool. Uh, uh, anything else on your end there, brother? Um, you, know, you and I met the other day. Um, we had right. a good time. Um, it's always nice to see you. Coming back home from there. Yeah, it, it was. But on the way back home, it was 
bumper to bumper traffic uh, down uh, US 23. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, I ran into a couple but, uh, of crazy drivers myself on the way home, but it wasn't as bad as as I don't, what you had because I came came west and not going into the, the fray, if you will. So. Yeah, it's uh, it was good. I mean, it gets me out of the house, and, and we had a good right. time. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, we did have a nice time, and we discussed a lot of stuff, and we were able to. Make sure mm-hmm. we're all on the same page uh, with things, and that's good. We, you know, the other members of our uh, team have been brought up to uh, speed on all of what uh, we discussed. Even though it didn't say that it was, you know, you and I discussing, but the same thing. Uh, people were brought up to speed on that, uh, and so it's it's interesting, um, and we'll uh, we'll get into some of that uh, discussion as we uh, progress through the show, uh, that that whole issue about uh, prevailing wage, uh, we need to discuss that a little bit tonight, too. Uh, that's really affecting a lot of uh, brothers and sisters. But pensions are on the table tonight, most importantly, and what the potential for stuff is regarding our pensions and uh, um, and the consequences that may arise. Uh, I just checked the, the, you know, the Dow Jones futures overnight versus Japan a while ago, and they were down 117. And I checked it eight minutes later, and they were down 179. So if that's any indication of what might be coming, it's not good. So we don't know how fast, if at all, but. Uh, we did close below, I mean, what happened last week in my life, we closed below the 300-day moving average. And after a top that's been built out like we've just done in 1929 and in 1987, when we closed below the 300-day moving average, we saw uh, those catastrophic events occur market events. So we'll see what happens. We don't know. Nobody's got a crystal ball. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, um, We saw, uh, as I give a little stuff that happened in my life last week, uh, we saw the uh, 5% tariffs surprisingly added on Thursday night, and the market reacted negatively. that 5% tariff um, really, in the end, didn't mean much to Mexico because their peso adjusted by over 3% immediately with that 5% tariff. So it, because of that, it didn't really affect Mexico. The only thing that occurred is we got a 5% increase on all those products here in the United States, and they had a 1% hit little over 1% hit uh, after you take into consideration the tariff and the adjustment in the peso. So uh, our, our president is understanding and learning. Uh, it's a pretty steep learning curve for him. Uh, and it's a steep learning curve for everybody. But when you're at the top and didn't realize all of this, and uh, when you 
do something, there's always another reaction. Sometimes unintended consequences uh, occur, and uh, what you do, because in this case, the peso adjusted didn't really affect Mexico. And uh, now it's come out that he uh, did this against the advice and counsel of his chief financial advisor, Larry Kudlow. So we have to be careful what we do. Uh, over the week, I uh, was talking about how I felt that Reagan conceived this whole concept of the point of manufacture tax capture and a point of sale tax capture and the difference that causes us a 32% disadvantage and a trade deficit that's with interest that's led to a $22 trillion national debt, not a trade deficit, but a national debt. And I said that, you know, Reagan conceived it, Bush won, put it on a fast track, and Clinton signed it into law with GATT, most importantly. NAFTA was important, but GATT dwarfs it many, many times over, global agreement on tax and tariff. And then Bush, too, implemented it, and we lost 91% of our manufacturing jobs during his administration. And then Obama came in and saw the wreck, all the train cars on the side of the tracks, and put a $9 trillion Band-Aid on it, which we still haven't seen the consequence of yet. And now we have Trump trying to you know, just pull the levers back and forth until he gets the right one, if at all. And when you're pulling levers that fast and that randomly, it uh, uh, it's never really good. I did give him some credit for trying, but... You know, if we just simply charge their sales tax at our borders and send it back to them, and no, by the way, put a $22 trillion penalty on it before we started sending it back to them, we'd be in pretty good stead, and nobody would be mad at us. It didn't violate any agreements that we've signed. All we did is charge their tax at our border and then put a little penalty on it because they kind of caused us a lot of grief over the last 38 years, 37 years since 1982. And of course, debt peasants insurance hasn't helped by sucking, you know, its own iteration of sucking money out of the the working class money in the hands of people. Let me just say this before we move on into the show. The true measure of a healthy economy or any economy, whether it's healthy or not healthy, true measure is velocity of money. That might be a new term for some of you. I know if you listen to the show, you've heard it before. Velocity of money is how much money is in the hands of the masses and how fast is that money moving through the economy? How many times does it turn over in a given period? And the faster, the better. And the more money, the better. Well, the as you just heard, they've sucked money out of our economy to the tr- tr- trillions and trillions of dollars. I mean, you almost stutter. I just did. When you think about how much money they've sucked out of the United States, I once told somebody, you know, the pile's only so high. Eventually, we're going to have a come-to-Jesus moment. And I was told, well, pile, I looked over there, and the pile's real high. We've got plenty. 
And this was a high-level economist. He says, I think you're wrong. Looks like he was wrong, for sure. So uh, then with dead peasants sucking money out of the, the revenue lines and giving it to the executives uh, in a very unique way of buying life insurance on retirees, and then when a retiree dies, that goes into the executive sweet pension funds. We know that Mark Fields had an the CEO of Ford in May of, May 1st of 2017, <coughs> pardon me, had a $858 million pension fund. That's 34 times his last year's salary and about 80 billion more, I'm sorry, 80 million more than he made his entire life at the highest rate of his pay. So it's many, many more millions than that higher than he actually made while working. There's something wrong with that. But we'll get into that a little more uh, as in subsequent shows. But that's kind of an overview of what's, you know, happened in my life this last week and some of the things that I've witnessed, you know, in our economy and the results that have occurred. So uh, having said that, uh, Jeff, are you ready to start with kind of a couple of announcements? I'll start that first one, if you don't mind. And then uh, I think we got just a couple. We didn't go hog wild today with all of these, but uh, uh, we got some pretty good stuff and maybe some stuff that's kind of weak out there for working men and women. So uh, I'll start with the first one. Uh, and this is kind of redundant, but uh, you know, bear with us because we like to make a record of this. Uh, Working for a Living radio show supports Medicare for Everyone. We support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens. We vehemently oppose General Motors' November 26 decision, and it admonishes them to reverse that ill-conceived decision immediately. And we support the UAW's boycott of the Chevy Mexico-built Chevy Blazer, And we support the UAW's Red Shirt Wednesday campaign. We need to show solidarity. Everybody else in the the pages are screaming, let's show solidarity. Well, it's a real simple thing. You don't have to go to any rally where you're going to have 30 people in a phone booth scared shitless that they might get arrested or get shot by somebody that attends the damn thing. Wearing a red shirt is real easy to do. Real easy to do. Okay. Jeff, you want to take that second one? Sure. Governor Ned Lamont signed a bill last Tuesday to raise Connecticut's minimum wage to $15 an hour, directly impacting the lives of more than 300,000 workers across the state. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, Mr. Governor. And I did see yesterday that there was a Republican senator. This is the second time I've seen him say that he can't afford to live off $174,000 K-ways every year as he serves in the Congress. Well, my thought is let's make him work for $15 an hour. Right. See how he likes that one. Yeah, how he does with $15. Even the higher rate, $15 to see how he now remember, yeah. 
at $15 an hour, what's that, 40 cents away from the beginning, beginning wage at General Motors? So minimum wage is creeping up yeah. to the, the entrance level wages at General Motors. Isn't that amazing, you know, that they've suppressed yeah. wages that suppressed wages that badly? You can make more money not being an auto worker than going to work at McDonald's. Um, right. But right. Yeah. My he's, McDonald's he's hires. And, uh, yeah, they are. They're hiring people. Ten, uh, what is it, fourteen dollars an hour for regular people, line workers, and the uh, managers are. I think they said seventeen dollars an hour for a manager, at at uh, McDonald's on the little the sheet that they have on every one of the little tabletops, and uh, right. I found that real interesting that wages have been suppressed so badly in the Detroit Three. Within, with you know, let's keep in mind that the, you know tens of billions of dollars of profit, and let alone the the money that's been siphoned off over and bought dead peasants insurance, also known as corporate life insurance. Uh, and by the way, in 2006, they had to have the expressed written permission from the retirees that they buy the, the life insurance on. None of us that I know of, and I've been retired a while, I'm pretty active, last I checked, have ever signed a document a proven dead peasants insurance and GM Ford or Chrysler. And of course, the Ford CEO had a pension fund of $858 million, certainly something that he didn't just put money away in or the corporation, you know, out of the goodness of their heart gave to him, but probably uh, without question, in our opinion, came from dead peasants insurance. And that's just just horrible, horrible. Uh, so these people are making all kinds of money, getting money in retirement. It's just un, unconscionable. So uh, number three, Mary Barra visited Fort Wayne Truck Assembly last week. We'll have more on that later in the show. That's going to be kind of fun, Jeff. I got some thoughts. I didn't get them down on paper, but we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Uh. <laughs> I can just imagine. Well, I mean, let's just start with this, okay? Yeah, you know, it, it, we say it at the sh- at the beginning of the show. Now we've added that that we're a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and have been for um, going on to our you know well into our second year um, as a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. That makes us legitimate media, okay? You, me, and our guests that we have come on and our team members that come on from time to time are all legitimate media. All of our reporters, investigative reporters that go out there and give us information are legitimate media. Some of them actually have degrees and things, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, autodidacts can be attributed to a lot of them as well. They're, they're smart in their own field. And they give us a lot of stuff, you know. We didn't get an invitation. And we'd like to have an invitation to the next one, Mary. Please send us an invitation for your next PR show. <laughs> okay, we we'll didn't start with that. Because we have some questions for you. One would be, how much money did you actually use from the revenue stream to buy dead peasants insurance last year and and then the first quarter of this year, how much? Well, that'd be one good question, right? Yeah. Yeah. How much 
from the resident revenue, you know, yeah, how much? And how much dead peasants insurance money is in your pension fund, Mary? Could you just tell us how much is there? You just round it off to the nearest hundred hundred million would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know, Mary. We want to know. We we want the stockholders to know and the bondholders to know more importantly than than us. By the way, thank you for everybody that's been listening to our radio show uh, because our numbers have doubled and redoubled and redoubled in the last three months. And they were pretty good to start with. So thank you for telling just one friend out there about our radio show. We really appreciate it. So and enough said about that. Uh, oh, I guess better thank all of our worldwide investigative reporters for sending us all this funny stuff this past week. <laughs> uh, there were some bad things. I mean, you know, Mary's uh, uh, PR team, they didn't say anything at Fort Wayne about the uh, – going to build the trailblazer in Korea. and But we'll get into some of those. We'll have some more fun with that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. We, we know GM's having their uh, shareholders meeting this week um, in Detroit. So, but uh, I, I, I like to know what Mary thinks about GM at one time in our lives, us older folks, was the biggest employer in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, GM is the biggest employer in Mexico only. <laughs> that, 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 that's a shock. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. in the North America. Years ago? Right. It was announced mm-hmm. at the sub-council, I understand, uh, through good authority, that uh, the General Motors membership in regard to the Detroit Three, is now the lowest of the Detroit Three, and it used to dwarf by six, seven, eight times the membership of the other Ford and FCA membership uh, in in the UAW. So now the membership of the General Motors is the lowest active membership. That is is the lowest of of any uh, of the Detroit Three. So. Uh, uh, thank you to all that took place and took part of uh, having that occur. I want to thank each and every damn one of you. Is, is there some sarcasm in there? Some slap in the face? Verbal tongue? Yeah, you bet. Disgusting. All of you. Yeah, so I haven't said that. Uh, we got some email uh, and some messages uh, over the past uh uh, week and uh, I'd like to start off with the first one. Uh, thank you for pointing out the dangers of signing something that contains the words but not limited to the name withheld. Uh, we did cover last week in an emergency basis uh, a uh, uh, temporary layoff, likely inverse uh, layoff that people volunteered for at one of the Ford locations. And uh, that uh, uh, was, it's like somebody said that Piper's playing this uh, tune and they're lulling them to sleep because then they dropped in a little thing that said uh, you could have a personal leave of absence that uh, 
would include the following, but not limited to the following. And uh, there were five bullet items. Uh, and even, you know, I might make a correction. As we covered it on the show, we actually put in the word temporary uh, uh, personal leave of absence, and at no point did it say temporary personal leave of absence. It did say temporary layoff, okay? Uh, and then even we, uh, even though I do my best to read everything one word at a time so I get the full context and the dangers and the, and the benefits of anything that's being written. You must read things. This is our, our suggestion to everyone. When these sort of bulletins come out, read them slowly, one word at a time, and process every word as you say it. And think of the consequences or the benefits of every word that's written. Because you can sign something like this, that they could, because of the way it's written, they could literally change it after the fact. Years from now, years from now, after the fact, to your disadvantage or your advantage. I'm going to be all negative here, but you know, this is this this type of thing is bad, and nobody, to our knowledge, from the local union or the international addressed this to the membership in a caution so that they didn't sign something open-ended that could cost them work for a very long time, potentially. So, again, we, we that's, it's been a week ago, and they haven't done a damn thing. And that date came and went. It was the 29th that it was due. Uh, so... Uh, we understand that they had a, a lot of people that wanted to be various, and, and there's been some temporary layoffs that have been announced, uh, but nope, uh, we don't know if they anybody signed a personal leave of absence, and that's very, again, very dangerous doing with this type of language in it. So uh, we hope that somebody steps and uh, fronts management on this because. They need a good uh, tongue lashing for putting this to our members in an open-ended way. That's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, unfair bargaining. So, Jeff, you want to take that second one? Yeah. I keep unless you got anything to say on, on that. You got anything? I should ask you for that first. Huh? Um, my, my thing is, like the military, don't volunteer for nothing. <laughs> Um, that's my thought on it. You're right. Don't follow okay. for nothing. Um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side. That's just right. my opinion. Uh, okay, number two. I keep hearing that we should all work together with management with no hidden agendas. Isn't the word together in that sentence or has the word together now been defined as one-sided, name withheld? That's that's really good. Um, in our world these days, on the shop floor, it's all one-sided. We know that. Right. 
doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Look at the contracts. Look at look at the UAW Constitution. I'll tell you a lot about that. Right, and and look at the MOUs that have been written lately, Jeff. Uh, you know they, you know it's all one-sided. But the management wants this, management got to do that, and we're gonna we're gonna do this, and it, and there's nothing in there for the worker. And I don't know no. that you, you know, write something up and sign it that has no benefit for the people you represent. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I understand that this is a global economy, but guess what? We're the cheapest, you know, guy on the block now. You know, a lot of people have been saying we're the cheapest labor in when you consider our markets where they want to sell and the cost of transportation and all the other things involved. We're the cheapest group on on a table. Why do you think the rest of the auto manufacturers are building stuff in in this our, our Sun Belt in the, in the United States? You know, down there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Alabama, and Mississippi, and Louisiana, South and North Carolina. All kinds of plants have gone up down there. You know, I mean, my son's cement finishers, they put the flat work in for most of those. By the way, union work, that construction. So, uh, and, and paid at union rate, not even prevailing wage. So, uh, but that, you know, I can't tell you, I mean, I'm going to guess eight or nine plants in the last seven years that they've been working on down there. You know, I got to work that far away from home just to get work though, too. You know, so but yeah, one-sided, Jeff. So, um, oh, geez, that's uh, gosh, that's not one that I wanted to have in here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, three. Let's not do three, Jeff. And I'll do uh, okay. four as okay. Uh, I saw uh, I saw the Mary Barra PR tour was in Fort Wayne, but no international union presence, and why no questions from the members? Well, um, uh, in the answer to that email, Mary Barra was a p- public relations tour was in in Fort Wayne. And we got a lot of stuff on that one. Uh, we're going to discuss that more in the show. Um, but uh, the no international union presence, we can't answer for the international. We think that they ought to have a presence at these events, if for nothing more than to protect the membership, you know, with their office and make sure that nothing goes awry. And then... Uh, no questions from the members. That was a really good chairperson down there to Fort Wayne Truck Assembly, and uh, his name is Rich Latoro, and he did a great job of telling them to pound salt up their ass that his members are not going to be subject to such activities, and they're not going to be given this dog and pony show. Directly, so they didn't do what Tonawanda did, and they didn't do. Not that that's all bad, because you know they 
you know, that was, you know, we got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of press out of that one. And uh, they didn't do what they did in Bowling Green, et cetera. Uh, they just didn't allow the members, the bargaining team, or not uh, the the, the uh, uh, bargaining committee, did not allow the members to partake in in the PR tour. Uh, and again, we'll get into some of the goods and bads about that PR tour. Uh, and they certainly did, uh, the bargaining committee did uh, certainly thank Mary for bringing $24 million and thank Mary for uh, uh, bringing a few jobs with it. Uh, so uh, and she invited her back anytime she had more money to give them anytime. So uh, that's a matter of record. So uh, having said that, uh, Jeff, you want to... Uh, Oh, yeah, do that number five. Go ahead and do that number four. Thank you all for what you do for the benefit of the members. And that's name withheld. We do this for the members. We don't get paid. We do this because we feel that membership needs education. And we've heard that for the last year or so, that people need we be educated so you know what's going on. Um, that's what it says. Right. Uh, uh, we Again, we do it for the, the benefit of the members, you know, like the, the writer thanked us for. And we, uh, we, we appreciate that recognition and acknowledgement, but you must remember that we also believe the UAW and all unions, but most especially our UAW, is a good union. The fundamentals of our union, the structure of our union, is very good. Listen, our union structure, international executives, international staff members, all the international departments, all the local unions and all the standing committees of the local unions and their executive officers do great work in most part. There are a number of things that are wrong with some of the leadership. We are absolutely for our union and all unions, but we're also absolutely against any scurrilous individual who would take advantage of the membership for their own gain. We know things on our team and in our team that haven't been made public because we don't want to continue to beat up our union. But believe me, they are going to be addressed. And we'll talk a little bit more about leadership and ethics later in the show. But uh, thanks for reading that, Jeff, and thanks for the, all the email writers. Uh, some me- uh, messages and some verbal comments come in this way. 
so we try and get those out as uh, the membership uh, listenership uh, uh, for their benefit here. So, all right. Uh, so on to our our, our uh, fodder for tonight. Our first uh, topic is pensions. There's a lot of question about are they uh, the con what the contract says are are they in jeopardy of being reduced in any way. So uh, let me say that at the top of the working live working for a living Facebook page, uh, we have pinned for about three years now without change the documents from the white pages of Ford, GM, and Chrysler. I think it's Ford and Chrysler's here. We we uh, didn't put GMs here, but it's all the same language. And everybody initialed it. These are the white pages where they initial and say that they signed off on this being okay. Okay? And this language was put in the 2015 agreement. It was not put in the two. This is a 2006 language from a 2006 Pension Protection Act. It's a federal law now, passed and signed into law by the sitting president, George W. Bush, in 2006. And now uh, they did not put it into the 2007 agreement again, nor the 2011 but said that the, in the highlights of the 2015, said that the uh, Pension Protection Act required many things, including the uh, uh, placing of the act in the agreements, uh, union collective bargaining agreements. We haven't found that yet. Still looking. Uh, in fact, this language came from a summary, not the act itself. So keep that in mind. It's not even the act itself. It's a summary of the act that this language came from. It's a 20 pages. The act is 400 pages long. You couldn't possibly put 400 pages into our agreement. But it's here, and we can't find anywhere where it says you're supposed to have it in the agreement. And quite frankly, um, you know, anybody that thinks that they can put something into agreement from federal law and mandate it to be in there uh, might be smoking something that's pretty strong. And possibly we should not do this and just, you know, sit back and wait for the, the, the uh, heads to fall on who the hell tried to require this. So uh, so we're going to get into the actual language here. Okay. And um, um, the language uh, in, this is section 25A, uh, and this is from the pension agreements itself. It's not from the master agreement, but the supplement for the pension supplement. So you're going to have to find that. on. They're all on 
the uh, UAW.org, and I'll place at least the GM one. I have the white pages. I'll place that on our .com page for this radio show so that you can reference those. Okay? Uh this language says limitations applicable if the plan's adjusted funding target attainment percentage is less than 80%. Now, what that means is if the pension funding falls below 80%, but not less than 60%, below 80 and above 60, notwithstanding any other provisions of the plan, if the plan's adjusted funding target attainment percentage for the plan year is less than 80 or would be less than 80 to the extent described in Section 25AII below, uh, but, not less than, but not less than 60%, then the limitations set forth in subsection 25A apply. Basically, that says if it's below 80 and above 60, the following apply. A 50% uh, limitation on single sum payments, other accelerated forms of distribution and other for prohibited payments, an employee or beneficiary is not permitted to elect and the plan shall not pay a single sum payment or other form optional form of benefit that includes a prohibited payment with an annuity starting date or after code section 436 measurement date. And that's, I believe that date to be September 30th as you read your summary that you get at the beginning of every year in your pension summary. And they've also said in the last two years been saying that this is very important. It used to be one page, now it's like four. Uh, so they've really emphasized that this is very important that you're uh, aware of. Okay. And the plan shall not make a payment for the purchase of an irrevocable commitment from an insurer to pay benefits or other payment transfer that is a prohibited payment unless the percentage percent value of the portion of benefit is being paid in a prohibited payment does not exceed the lesser of. Okay. Okay, <laughs> and that, I'm talking kind of rapidly. The lesser of 50% of the value of the benefit, um, benefit, favorable in the option form of benefit, prohibited payment, 100% of them, or 100% of the MPBGC maximum benefit guaranteed amount as defined in the Treasury regula Regulations, Section 1. 436 1D. What all that means is that you will be paid 50% of your pension, the, I'm sorry, the lesser of 50% of your pension or 100% of the PBGC, PBGC maximum for you. Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. That's the member of the protections that we all heard about. That well, the, the federal government is going to uh, protect our pension as much, you know, as you know, 80, 90 percent of our pension if it goes bad. Well, this language in this law says you get the lesser of your pension 
I'm sorry, lesser of 50% of your pension or 100% of PBGC. Okay, well, the PBGC for most of us as a pension would be around $1,100, maybe a little more, depending on when you went out and retired at 100%. The uh, 50% of our pension for most folks is going to be less, and this is individual, okay? You need to understand that each calculation is individual, okay? But generally, your pension benefit corporation guarantee amount is going to be greater than 50% of your current pension minus the supplement. The supplement doesn't get paid, okay, 50% of the vested portion of your pension. So if you're a vested portion or if you're over 62, the, the full amount is vested, okay, and in many cases it's, we'll, we'll just throw a number out there that the PBGC is 1100 and the uh, vested pension for somebody over 62 is 1600 Okay, so you get the lesser of 50% of the 1600 that's $800, and you, or the 1100 that PBGC has calculated for you. Okay, so you would go from 1600 to 800 pension. That's if it falls below 80% and above 60. Okay? Jeff, do you have any questions on that? Yeah. Um, because we are in Michigan, Leroy, mm -hmm. right. I don't know about the other states. If you are divorced, as I am, um, my ex-wife gets already 50% of my monthly pension. Um, that comes out to be my foreign pension, I receive $1,100 a month. She receives $1,100 a month. So if you're in a position like me, you're going to get hit really hard. Now, I don't know what the laws are in the other states, but here in Michigan, the divorce, you will get, you know, depending on the judge and even sometimes the county. Um, so divorce spouse gets half of everything, half of your pension, um, half of your um, 401k that you have. So that can be very devastating for people who are like in my situation. So you got to think about it, people. I don't know, like I said, what the other states do because every state's laws are different. Um, but this has got me a little worried. I don't like it. Right. I think people need to read this language 
compare it to the language coming up to this year's contract. If this language is in this year's contract, vote no. All right? You're shooting yourself in the foot by voting yes and not reading this language. So that's all I got, Leroy. Okay, Jeff. I mean, you make a valid point. You're, you're, uh, I was using a calculation for my own, pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, that Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation payment for me would be about 1100 For you, it would be a little more money. It would be around 14 I'm just, you know, ballparking that for you. And uh, so uh, half of your uh, uh, pension, which you said 1100 plus 1100 2200 then it would be about 1100 okay? That would be the new benefit. And then that would be split between you and your former spouse, and that'd be five hundred and fifty dollars for each of you of the eleven hundred, right? So right. Uh, your pen, your pension would go from eleven hundred down to fifty five hundred if the funding for this our pension funds, your Ford pension fund, fell below eighty percent. In the case of General Motors. In the 2011 agreement, it was noted that the corporation was relieved from any liability for the pension after 2008, even though it was in the 11. I think it was in the. I, I noticed it in the 11 agreement. Okay, so uh, it could have been in the eight or the seven agreement, 2007 agreement. But as you see, a lot of the stuff in the 7, 11, and 15 agreement was just wholesalely turning the contract into the benefit of the corporation. I still don't believe that this language has any business in the um, agreement whatsoever. When you copy and paste the summary of the law, into our agreement as summarized by third parties, not Congress himself. That's not abiding by anything that would say it has to be placed in there verbatim from the law. Also, as you may recall, because we talk about it here on our radio show quite a bit, Article 2, I believe Section 4, says that we are to enforce of the UAW Constitution, I might add. We're supposed to enforce existing law, enforce it, but also work to repeal, and I'm using that word, but it's essentially what the Constitution says, also, to overturn, work to overturn unfavorable, unfavorable law. Well, this clearly is an unfavorable law, and if we're working to overturn it, that doesn't mean we had credence by putting it in our agreement. Actually, putting a summary of the law in our agreement. So, uh, that's this is in in the contract, folks. 
Okay? It's in the agreement. Everybody approved it last, not 2015. Okay, there's some other things that stop. I mean, they stop the, uh, when it goes below 50, they stop the buyouts. Okay? Buyouts get stopped. Any of those single payment things, those get stopped. And your benefit payment, okay, gets reduced by the lesser of, to the lesser of your pension benefit guarantee, guarantee corporation amount, PBGC, or the lesser of that or the uh, one half of your vested portion of your pension. Supplements no longer get paid. So if you're under 62, you would get half of your vested portion. And that I understand today is around fourteen to fifteen hundred, and you'd get half of that seven hundred to eight hundred dollars somewhere somewhere in that neighborhood, and that'd be all the pension you'd be getting until you're age, age sixty-two, and that converted into a higher supplement or a higher vested portion, rather. So, this is serious stuff. It affects every Detroit three retiree and retiree in waiting. In other words, if you hired in prior to October, I think, 22nd of 2007, you're subject to this language. And if you're still an active worker and this language is in the contract, come contract time and not removed, you're opening yourself up by voting yes for this you're opening yourself up for a very serious reduction of benefits later in your life. Playing these games after they promised this stuff to us for 30 years and then retired, and now they come and want to change the rules after the fact is wrong in the face of $10 billion annually of General Motors that we're most familiar with in profit and untold amounts of money that they've siphoned off into dead peasants insurance. In the face of that sort of money, the corporation generates and they're taking and reducing pensions on people that were promised that they would get a certain amount for life. And if they had to add money to it like they used to do up to 2011, they added money to it. We weren't at the whim of the marketplace, in other words. The corporation, the full faith and trust of the corporation was behind our pensions. And now they're going to say, oh, no, no, you're, you're going to go out there in that little ship and you're going to go up and down with, the, down with the tide of the water in a downturn market. I had this conversation earlier today. In a downturn market, we're at the apex of this damn thing. And where the hell, oh, by the way, where the hell did all the attrition go for the pension fund? 2000 nine 
We had $62 billion in there. Beginning of 2019, there was $59 billion in it. Why did it go down and the market went up 350%? Why did it go down? Why didn't we have an appreciation of our pension fund somewhere near commensurate with the market itself? We understand that there are limitations on what you can invest in the pension fund, and they might not be totally in keeping with the stock market itself, the overall financial markets that appreciated from 6,664 to 26,785, 350% approximately. And ours went down. I can tell you in 2013, the overall market went up 30%. 30% on $60 billion is 18. That's three times six, right? $18 billion. I saw with my own eyes a revenue, not projection, revenue statement where General Motors had $4.3 billion in auto-related, pay attention folks, $18 billion non-auto-related revenue. That's some, that's, isn't it a, a coincidence? that that number is exactly what the, the non-auto related was exactly what the pension fund should have, appreci- should have appreciated by. So now that they apparently have siphoned off money from the pension fund somehow in a creative way, all the way up, now when it goes down, according to this language that's in our agreement, they're going to reduce our pension because you're only subject to down moves with this language. And it might be one hell of a long time before the market comes back up to the level that it's at now or whenever this hits 80%. They said it was funded, I think, 109% as of September 30th, 2018. I think they said it was 109, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going off of my memory here. Might have been 112 in that neighborhood, okay? And that's the UAW General Motors calculation. The actuary of the pension protection of the uh, uh, PBGC was, I believe, to be different. Their, their numbers were different. Okay, when they calculated our pension as much as the funding level was and the uh, overall uh, res- responsibility that they have, a funding responsibility. So it's just wrong what's gone on big time with our pensions. It's just wrong. You know, I don't know if everybody really gets when this VIPA thing came up in 2005, 6, and 7, and 8, and 9, during the bankruptcy, they had the last decision on the VIPA bankruptcy court. 
that I'm the person, the only one that filed a lawsuit against the corporation, initiated a lawsuit. And we did have one person come in and copycat that lawsuit. So uh, Pablo Lopez, now deceased Pablo Lopez, in his sleep, he was murdered by gunfire uh, in, in the east side of Flint. And he came in and copycatted that. He was the only person in that whole Viva lawsuit that the court record showed that the UAW came out and said, we no longer represent Pablo Lopez. The only person that they did that to. So, um, But I'm that person, and I said it was wrong then that they did relieve the corporation of their responsibility for health care. And now this relieves the corporation from responsibility for pensions. I don't agree with that. I think it's wrong. With the money they're making, it's wrong. When the pension fund used to be upside down because they paid our Christmas bonus, also known as cola ketchup, When the pension fund fell below because of that payment, the corporation used to put the money in. Corporations stopped putting that money in in 2011, and the active workers' profit sharing went up commensurately to the total amount of what our Christmas bonus was. So this is an outright attack on workers that have retired. Now, we stand up, as you've known from the last several shows, for the active workers, but this is wrong to be being done to the retired workers. Temporary shouldn't be more than 90 days. They shouldn't be time-studying jobs with temporaries on the job under fear of discharge. where later on all employees were doing the job on a higher rate of speed because it was set, I believe, improperly by a, a, a member under duress, a temporary member under duress. And then you have all of the pain medicines that are just handed out like candy in the plant because it's so difficult and painful to do the job. And that leads to part of our opiate crisis in our country. For those reasons and others, we oppose more than 90 days. And we oppose not having a pathway to full wage for these temporary folks and the new hires. As a matter of fact, we've pointed out that it's a violation of the UAW Constitution to have more than three months consecutive temporary. So it isn't just about the retirees. We're talking about retirees in this instance. This language, while it may be federal law that can be appealed as constitutional or not in the court of law when it comes up, this is in our contract and is automatic this language, in my opinion, has no damn business being in our 
contract. It is not favorable law, and we're supposed to work to overturn unfavorable law. So, having said that. Uh, and this is in all three of the contracts, okay? Uh, so just know, if it falls below 60%, they stop all payments. Zero. Why didn't our pension appreciate with the market is the question of the day. And why is our leadership allowing this language in our agreement? Remove it. Remove it. If we find out that the Pension Protection Act of 2006 does not require this to be in our agreement, they're going to have a problem if they allow it to remain because the Constitution says we're to work to overturn unfavorable law, not give it credence by putting it in our fucking agreement. I swore for the first time on this show. I'm sorry. I apologize for that, but I'm pissed. No, that was the second time. Was it? Sorry. Yeah. Was it last week I said something, didn't I? But I didn't say that. Yeah, I think so. But it's okay. We're all adults here. Thanks for for pointing that out, Joe. God bless you. You're not a yes man, that's for sure. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Anyhow, you know, it's it's not right to be swearing on the show, and I do my best not to. And uh, it just sometimes it just comes out, you know, I work in the plant for over 30 years, and you, you acquire some of that now and then. But, you know, so. Yeah, I I can I can go with the best of them. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, if there's nothing else on that, let's move on to Mary Barra and her little tour, relations tour. This is just amazing. They brought twenty-four million dollars in. Jeff, did you notice who was in the audience at that that video? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, in the in the audience of the video, they had a representative from the the congressperson and a representative for the the United States senator in the audience. They had the House rep for the area, the Indiana House rep for the area. Uh, they had uh, all the suppliers there. But uh, uh, every political person, they had the mayor of Fort Wayne there. They had all the, uh, most of the city council, not all of them, but uh, I think there were some county commissioners there, a number of people, you know, all the elected officials. And they were just touting just $24 million. $24 million. And, and they, you know, say they're going to put some new jobs in there, but the $24 million is for automation. Tuggers. Yeah. So I don't know if you add jobs when you put automation in. I think you reduce no. it. Right? That's what I think. Yep. And line speed, they sput it up. The very next morning, they built 71 cars first hour. 71 trucks, I'm sorry. First hour. Unheard of. 
at that facility prior to that day. So they increased the line speed. Uh, did Mary Barra Mary said she's bringing $24 million. What didn't she say? Did it, she didn't say that she spent $3 billion in Brazil, right? She didn't say that, did she? She didn't say that, what, $1.5 billion over in Korea. Last two weeks she said something about that. She didn't say that at Fort Wayne, though, did she? She just put a little stipend out there, $24 million. million. It's like less than 2% of what she put into Brazil, let alone the rest of the world recently. Did you see that young man that was smiling, shaking her hand on that article, the top of the, you know, the lead picture for the article? Did you see that, Jeff? Young man there? Yes, I did. Yep. Really nice young man. Yep. Big smile on his face, mm-hmm. smiling at her. Just a, mm-hmm. I, you know, I uh, found out a little about him. He's a very nice man. He, he's a, um, somebody that they move around a lot on the job, sometimes as many as three times a day. And he goes and does this job, whatever they tell him, at uh, flank speed, uh, and they like him. A lot. They like him there. He's a very good employee. His, you know, his fellow uh, members at the facility at Fort Wayne Truck like him as well. He's a very nice man. Very nice man. And he was smiling at Mary. And they selected him for a reason. And they move him around all these jobs for a reason. And if he's laid off, he doesn't get sub pay for a reason. He's been there three, three and a half years. And if he's laid off, he doesn't get the opportunity to transfer to another plant with full seniority, courtesy of yours truly, by the way, in the 1984 agreement. Letter that I wrote in 83 has benefited a lot of people these days. Think if you didn't have your full-time seniority, your full seniority with you when you moved. And that came from a letter I wrote in 19, July 8, 1983, it's on my bio on the page, workingforliving.com. But this young man doesn't have those benefits. This young man was very happy to smile at her, hoping that he would be made a permanent seniority employee because he's a temporary suffering all of the things that I mentioned about what happens to temporaries and what I just said is happening to him. He's a very nice man. Top, one of the top workers in the the whole of that facility. Everybody likes him. And everybody that knows that think it's a cowardly, underhanded, callous PR stunt to do it to that poor young man. So do I. Mary Berry didn't 
didn't Harry Barrett didn't tell you that he was one of the disabused employees that are called temporaries for many years. <clears throat> but she took advantage of him. I find that despicable, Mary Barrow. So it's what you say and what you didn't say. Who was there and who wasn't there? In all of her PR tours, she always has all of the politicians there. Used to be, they'd make a tour, a plant tour, and they'd show up, and you might have the mayor of the city there, but now everybody they can garner gets there. They all get their personal invitation. You want to know why? They didn't They didn't say this either, did they, Jeff? Because there's a document out there that says the corporations ought to be reviewed, the law for treason, because the laws for treason for humans are well in place in legislation. The laws for corporations that have newly been considered citizens are not in place. And there's been a request to review that by myself. And a lot of others have copied over almost 12, over 1,200 now have copied that and downloaded it and sent it in as well to their own congressperson and senators. So there's a move afoot by a lot of folks to think corporations give aid, you know, the reasons defined as aiding and giving aid and comfort to our enemy. And the case can be made that we're, we're at economic war with the rest of the world. And to give aid and comfort would be to send money there to put jobs that normally be here in the United States in, in our enemies in an economic war in their country. So they're going around insulting all of these little communities where plants have been built and closed and trying to sell themselves is a great thing. There's 30, what, 36 million here in Lansing. What was it, 20-something in Warren? 21, I think, in Toledo. 24 in Fort Wayne. Pittance in the big scheme of things. But it sounds good to the, to the quacking politicians who quake for more money as they whipsaw, globally whipsaw, the world jobs. I make the case that it's treasonous. That's on our page. It's on our dot-com. Left sidebar. It says treason, question mark. Check it out. Mary said a lot of things, but she didn't say a lot of other things. You're despicable, Mary Barra. You're one of the worst CEOs this corporation's ever had, and because you wholesalely give work away to companies like Workforce. You know, I was talking to somebody, and I said... 
General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler in, in uh, Renault. Uh, that had the Rambler and the Hudson. Hudson was different, but it was a, a derivative, I think, of Renault when we had Renault, Renault here. And uh, a Studebaker was all a part of that, I guess. And there were only a few uh, companies. There were like 160, but there were only a few left. And the reason that the other companies, at least one major reason the other companies didn't survive is because of the UAW. I want everybody to hear this story. Pay attention to this. The United Auto Workers organized Ford, GM, and Chrysler early on. And Ford, GM, and Chrysler to this day doesn't understand what that meant. Because the United Auto Workers, while we may have liked to, most of the other companies were not organized by the UAW. So those other companies were paying their people less money. They drug up and said, I'm not working for you anymore. And they went to work for Ford, GM, and Chrysler. And they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon, they gobbled up all the competition. By and large, because they were paying higher wages. Now, as they're in the race to the bottom and feel so free and cavalier about all of the work that they garnered from these other corporations, automotive automotive builders that went bankrupt or belly up in some way just because they didn't have this, the workforce. Now they're cavalier and giving it away closing Lordstown and just give it to a, another small third board, third uh, tier company that their gross income last year was less than an apartment at Lordstown made a single department less than and they burnt what 15 million dollars Last year, they went through 15 or 17 million. Last year, they have no idea what they're doing. And this is some sort of ruse. But I'm going to say this. You keep giving work away. You keep giving work away. And you're going to regret it. Because it took you a long time to become one of the Detroit Three. Don't you ever forget that. You're despicable. And the guy that started all of this, Roger Smith, said we're going to stop making money by expanding and start making money by shrinking the company. And now it's shrunk so badly it's despicable. You all, from Roger Smith on down, Richard Wagner, I hope you rot in hell for bankrupting this great company. 
You think you're in good shape right now, Mary Vera. But what's about to come to you in the economic sine wave is something you've never seen before. Ever. I guarantee you, you're going to regret giving work away. Having said all of that, uh, Jeff, do you have anything to comment on that? Mary Barra PR oh. tour? It's, um, it's a shame. I don't like seeing what's happening to our membership. We had people die fighting for what we had. Now it's just being taken away from us, from our own people. And what's highly regrettable. Right. I love my union. Do you love your union, our union, Jeff? Yes. Yes. I love for what it stands for. Right. I don't necessarily agree with how things have been going on in the last 20 years, but, you know, people need to wake up and stand together. Right, right. Lots going on. I want to thank all the listeners in the switchboard. I mean, there's a lot of you here. I really appreciate everybody coming in. We don't really advertise the number to call, so to see this many in the switchboard is really, really uh, impressive. Thank you for your time tonight. Uh, we're getting a little long, 22 minutes after 8. I'm pretty sure we covered uh, the uh, uh, pension plan and the, the problems with that being in our contract and how damning it can be for us and how angry I am to the point that I sweared about it, uh, about this being in there. I think it's just uh, inhumane that this occur. If they do that to the retirees and they cut our pensions in half or in, in total, this is just absolutely wrong, and language is in there for this to occur. The, you know, these cliche names, Pension Protection Act of 2006, and you can look it up. It's 400 pages, so very long. And they got a 30-page summary out there. I think it's 34. It might be 24 pages uh, summary on it out there, and that's what they copied and pasted into our agreement from that summary because it says the exact same words. So uh, that's uh, pension and Mary's PR tour. I want to talk about leadership and ethics. When you raise your hand and say, I, I want to be elected, I'm going to try and become a leader in, in, in any organization, you want to be the head of a corporation or you want to be the head of a union and in the case of the union you take an oath of office to uphold the interest of the UAW constitution in our case and the membership interests as required by article 2 and if you're a corporate executive you have a fiduciary responsibility to the corporation. You're essentially an employee of the stockholders. You're an employee. And the ethics require you to do everything in the interest of your corporation or of your union. If you're a corporate executive, 
and you find a way to siphon money out of the revenue stream so that your bosses, the stockholders, don't get a chance to see that money for your own benefit in ways that are not just to assure your well-being in retirement, but rather to make you veritable billionaires. If you find other ways to strip money from the bottom line, that's been done in the case of dead peasants insurance for some very long time. It was questioned by the bankruptcy judge, and he didn't hold the leadership of the corporation to account. And if you're, you know, I, I happen to know that in the past, my supervisor showed me a, a pay stub that he had to sign. And on that pay stub, I read it. I had to sign it every year. It's all supposed to be private and confidential, but he's deceased now, so I can say it. It said on there, no compete clause. We'll not do anything to compete with the corporation in which you work, that person worked. Yet and still, and every, every salary person had to sign that, I'm told. Yet and still, we have executives leaving the corporation and, and opening up other businesses, some of them while they're still executives, other businesses for their own benefit or the benefit of a family member. Carpenter Enterprises, Flint and Traverse City, one such business. Only he had the good sense to end his employment before he opened that up. Arlen Carpenter is somebody that I once worked for. I know him very well. But Arlen should not have been allowed to do that. And the corporation should not have given him contracts because it's violated the ethics of his office as an employee, albeit a high-level one, of the corporation. You see, that's wrong. If you are in a position of leadership and you take and suppress the wages of your workers in-house, lay them off, and then open another company to do their same work for your benefit as a leader, and that for-profit company collecting millions of dollars in profit to benefit you as a leader is wrong. And you want to know something? You think you can get away with 
you think you're invincible. You have that totalitarian mindset. We can do anything we want with him, to anybody we want with impunity. It always comes to light. And when there are smart people in the organization with skill sets beyond the corporation or the organization itself that can actually go find such things and ferret out who the leaders are that are benefiting by a third-party company, for-profit company, woe be unto you. Scum of the earth. You know, there's people out there who are mad at us because we do what we do here. And I said that I'd take everybody that leaves anything in the CBA that violates the Constitution that I'll bring charges on you. And we've talked about three of those items. Pension, Appendix K, in, it, in any iteration form of any corp, any of the Detroit Three, and because it's, I think, J and Ford, and I forget what it is in Chrysler, and the 90 days, temporaries, beyond 90 days. There's three so far that we've talked about. And we're still researching one a little bit. But I guarantee you, as sure as I'm sitting here and sucking air, if you leave that shit in this contract that you're going to be negotiating, I will bring charges against you and take your frickin' membership from you, and I will smile having done the best for the membership because you allowed this to occur in the past, and you are responsible for removing it. And if you don't do your job, I am going to hold you to account. And if not me, there are legions of people signing up right now to do it if I don't. Damn you for doing what you've done to the membership and our country. Y'all were, oh, we're all about revering on Memorial Day those good men and women, including my own mother and father, served and myself for a better United States of America. And you're destroying it for your own benefit. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. That peasants insurance in the name of the corporation and another little company that for now will remain nameless. You don't deserve the titles you hold. Taken from the members' mouths and their family. Well, Jeff, I'm off of my soapbox about ethics. Sometimes you just got to do that. 
you got anything to say uh, while we close the show? Um, yeah. Um, I, I was contacted yesterday. We're going to get into a, to a 2020 presidential election here in a second. From a lady I know in Alabama who asked me, told me who she was supporting and wanted to know who I thought about the candidate. And what I'm going to start doing on my page is anytime a candidate's here in the Detroit area, I'm going to post it so people can go listen for themselves. We're not telling you how to vote. You know, we got a long way before the election. Got all the primaries, all the debates. But at least I won't give you the opportunity to know when and where they're going to be here so that you can come and attend these town halls and get educated for yourself on the candidate you feel most comfortable with. So that's, that's what I got, Leroy. Um, Okay. Yeah, just out of the blue, text me and said, uh, this is who I like. What do you think? So, you know, we don't can't particularly agree with one another. We can keep it simple. You know, simple as we can get. Just so it may know what's going on, where we're now. Like we got somebody coming in to Lansing on Tuesday. We got a candidate coming in. Yep, Elizabeth um, Warren. Some answer. Yep. So if you're in the Detroit Lansing area and want to listen to Miss Warren, uh, you know where to go. So that's what I got here, right? Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. It's way early to be uh, making any assessments. Uh, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, politics is, you know, what I've done a lot of my life and some of it uh, for our great union. And I was real successful at doing that, really good numbers of Democrats being elected. And uh, I'm sorry, working friendly candidates, because we did get Republicans elected from time to time, and I helped with that. And, uh, uh, but working friendly, Senator Schwartz was Republican, is one of the best friends that we had in the Senate for a very long time here in Michigan. Uh, Michigan Senate, so and he was from west of Lansing, but very very friendly for us, and he was always very respectful and good good guy. Doctor, he was a medical doctor as well, so just a, a very nice man. Uh, but we got him elected, so I kind of kind of get it when it comes to politics. Way too early. I don't believe all the candidates are in yet. Twenty three Democrats right now, I understand. And one Republican, there was going to be two, but he backed out yesterday or today, uh, yesterday. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I saw that yesterday. He said he's not going to run. Uh, so it, it's it's uh, pretty early, and I agree with you, Jeff. I don't think all the candidates are in yet. I know one that's still recon- or considering it. I think yep. that person's just waiting for see if uh, funding's available for such a campaign. Uh, so, and that yeah, I know, I know really who you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we'll we'll see. You know, I don't think all the candidates are in. And no, I don't think we'll, so either. It's way too early. 
Yeah, way too early. And I think a lot of them are going to drop off. So you get dug in on somebody that's going to drop off. I mean, there there you are. Uh, I remember Jim Trafficant, who was a good friend of mine, um, and uh, before I left Youngstown, and then after, uh, and I maintained uh, communication with him while he was the only sitting uh, congressperson in the history of our United States to go to jail prison for eight years and I I really think that says a lot about him and how he was targeted because he was a good man but uh, he uh, used to get elected by um, more than any other congressperson in a percentage and in total numbers and he ran for president, and he got four bridges out of it for the valley. And he bragged to me about that when we had dinner, when he visited Lansing at one time, and he came to speak at an event for me. Rest in peace, my brother. You did good for the valley and for our country, and you gave your one-minute speech on a daily basis, and everything you talked about has come to fruition in much of what we've talked about here this evening and you and I discussed over dinner. Yep. Okay. Well, our dinner, Jeff, but also his, his and I dinner, you know, when we met uh, while he was here. He was here a day and a half, and we had – I was with him the whole time. So old friend, and I, I wish him the very best in, in heaven because I know that's where he's at. I know there's some people out there that don't like him, and they tell me – don't bring him up, but guess what? He's a friend, and when I'm your friend, I'm your friend all the time. And when I tell you privately that you're doing something wrong and you thwart that, then you have destroyed the friendship. And that's sad sometimes. So at two, Brutus, uh, having said that, uh uh, and I think we've pretty much discussed everything that we wanted to get in tonight. We're a little long. Uh, I want to thank all of the uh, listeners around the world. I want to especially thank Israel, who last week uh, went on a binge uh, in our our, uh, our broadband uh, went up in Israel, like way up. I mean, you're almost with the United States, with the amount of broadband that you used on our website. Uh, and that's fine. We love to have you use it. we got plenty of it. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, I'm the host. So I'm the hosting company. <laughs> and, uh, so if I need to add more, I'll just do that. <laughs> use all you want. No problem. But a lot of you were listening uh, in the last week, and I want to thank Israel for uh, telling all your friends over there. Uh, it was interesting to see that when I got because I go through all the the numbers. This isn't just some happenstance thing we throw on the air every week. We go through a lot of stuff. At least I do, uh, and uh, make sure that we're monitoring uh, all of the sites uh, that we have and and uh, making sure that uh, we're getting uh, what we need to the, the listeners uh, as they listen to our. Our show and uh, use that ever uh, uh, present broadband. Uh, I can tell if you're just, you know, walking through and 
radio show or, or spend a lot of time on on the pages. Uh, I know by the use of uh, there's about four uh, elements for each each one of the uh, the uh, listening nations. So, and uh, Israel jumped right up there. Huh? Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate your listening. Tell a friend, and it goes to everybody. Tell a friend. So. Um, Thanks to everybody in Mexico who listens. Thanks to our brothers and sisters at Reunion, auto workers in Canada. We really appreciate who you are. Jerry Diaz is doing the best he can. I know we come under some criticism, but, you know, we got to work together with you, Jerry. You're just too uh, important of, a, of an element of labor, not to be, of auto worker labor, not to be working with you. So uh, you're, you're a good guy. Uh, again, kudos go out to Rick Latoro for how he handled himself there in uh, Fort Wayne Truck Assembly during the PR tour. Thank you, brother. You're doing a good job. Uh, we know it's difficult with Appendix K in there. We're going to try and help you with that. Uh, you're one of the best, better chairmen around, if not the best. Uh, in somebody that was on the phone earlier today were comparing the chairpersons around the nation and your name came out there many times as being one of the best if not the best so keep up the good work brother uh, I know this is a thankless job but keep it up I want to thank all, all of our union brothers and sisters and non-union brothers and sisters around the United States uh, and all of our UAW sisters and brothers Thank you for listening. Good night, listeners. Good night, Jeff. Have a great week and stay safe. Good night, everyone.